Great show today. Stu's here to tell you all about it. Yeah, it's true. We've got a new sponsor today. It's called Spoon Style Forks. We'll get into that later on in the program. Stu is not here to tell you about that. (laughs) That is going to be edited from this podcast. You will not hear that portion of the podcast. Here's the good stuff. Here's all the good stuff. Uh, Yes, it's a fun show today. Uh, Bill O'Reilly's fantastic. Uh, It's it's a great show. Um, I will remind you, however, and take this last moment to remind you that blazetv.com slash Glenn is the place to go. Today is the last day to get your 30 bucks off if you want to get that. Uh, 30 bucks off blazetv.com slash Glenn. I would also encourage you to, of course, subscribe to this podcast, rate and review, and click over to Stu Does America to get oh my, my podcast gosh, every day. And subscribe there. We start with Rand Paul, and we have an appearance of Andrew Cuomo. Don't miss it. need Rand Paul and some libertarian thinking in our country more than ever. Welcome to the program, Dr. Rand Paul. How are you, sir? Very good, Glenn. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, Yesterday, uh, during the Senate, let me just play the uh, clip of uh, Rand Paul with Rachel Levine and her confirmation hearing. Listen. Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. This statement of yours, Rand, uh, is responsible for headlines like this. Rand Paul tried to derail Rachel Levine's historic confirmation hearing with transphobic misinformation. Well, you know, the interesting thing is none of it was directed towards uh, her personally or who she is. It was directed towards the question of whether children can consent. And this is an intellectual question. It's not a, uh, you know, inflammatory question. It's a question of, of serious consequence. 
can a young girl uh, of 12 years old or 15 years old, can they consent to an abortion? Can they consent to have their ears pierced? Can they consent to have uh, surgery to change their, their sex? I mean, these are important questions, and most people would argue that children can't really make an informed consent. You know, we have laws against, you know, a man having sex with a 12-year-old, even if the 12-year-old says yes, because we don't think a 12-year-old is capable of consenting. They just aren't old enough to make the difference. But see, it's even worse than this. In one of the clinics in England, one of these gender dysphoria clinics in England, 10% of the kids that are coming in are between the age of 3 and 10. My goodness, people talking to a 3-year-old and trying to tell them it's fine that they really are of a different sex. See, most of this stuff would be, you know, 3-year-olds think they're aliens sometimes. I mean, they have no conception of of any of the the importance of any of these uh, incredible questions But to let a three-year-old participate in that or a five-year-old or an eight-year-old, and then you've got these Looney Tune left-wing parents encouraging this and reaffirming it. And this is what the American pediatricians uh, have said, is that if you don't medically do anything and you don't reaffirm it and you just kind of let the kid grow up, most people grow out of this and understand that it's it's an aberration, not something that they would really desire. Is she going to be confirmed? Overwhelmingly, she's in, in a special category now. So the Democrats will vote for, her. I suspect, a couple of Republicans who want to somehow, you know, send some kind of signal will vote for her too. But it's alarming, and it isn't about who she is. It's about the idea, to my mind, that a minor could make the decision. And see, a lot of this stuff is irreversible. You give a boy girls hormones in the ages of 14 to 16, they don't come back. You give a girl boys hormones. You know, once a girl is given enough testosterone to grow a beard with, their face doesn't go back if they change their mind. So here, here, now, to, to me, you know, here, it's just crazy. He, to me, it is a little bit about who she is and it nothing about her sexuality or her her trans um, uh, transition to a woman it has everything uh, to do with her mother she took her mother as she was the secretary of health for uh, Pennsylvania she took her mother out of uh, nursing home as soon as COVID restrictions without warning anybody else hey you know maybe you should do that uh, she also, during COVID, had a report out from her f- f- on a s- official uh, health department uh, stationery about how the COVID uh, scare should affect your orgies. And she put rules out. Our kids can't go to school. But her priority was if you're going to go to a place where you're going to have sex with several people Here's what you have to do. I mean, it, the world is a clown show, an absolute clown show. I think this is why she wouldn't answer my question. She refused to answer the question and came up with some empty pablum, but she didn't want to answer it because she truly is an extremist. She is so far out there that most of America would recoil in horror if they knew what she was for. But you're right about the practicality of it. Other people asked that question. That was why I didn't uh, dwell on the idea of what she did, bringing her mom out yeah. and everybody else to die. Absolutely, that's disqualifying, and that's most pertinent to whether she can do the job. But there is this big issue of normalizing this idea that a nine-year-old uh, can want to change her sex and you start giving them hormones. And if the parents say no, that the child gets to decide at nine. 
and that's just wrong. And children just aren't capable of making life-changing decisions. And there is a permanence to this. At some point, when they start giving them cross hormones, meaning that you give a boy-girl hormones or a girl-boy hormones, when you start doing this, and they do it between the ages of 14 and 16, as minors, they're irreversible changes. Um, You become sort of this um, in-between. You're neither boy nor girl, but you can't go back. A book uh, that came out three years ago that basically says the same stuff, quoting medical science uh, science and scientists, um, warning about how detrimental this can be on children, was pulled from Amazon. It's been out for three years. It was pulled for hate speech by Amazon. Um, what, Sunday, I believe. Uh, this also goes right into the Equality Act, which... If you don't buy into this stuff, if you don't call people by the right pronoun, if uh, you don't affirm the new sexual norms and gender uh, uh, gender ideology, you're in trouble. And this is this will affect small businesses. This will affect charities. This will affect churches. And it, it appears to be written in a way where there is no recourse. You're not going to a court and having this reversed on you, I don't think I've ever seen anything this bad uh, that has a chance insane, of passing. It's insane, where, yeah, it's insane where we are. I mentioned the story of a young woman in England by the name of Kira Bell, and she just read on the Internet. She was a confused young woman. She says she was confused. She had psychological problems at the time. She didn't know who she was. She was trying to discover her identity. And she uh, read on the Internet about transsexuals, thought it was cool. She went in after a couple of appointments. They were very encouraging to her. There was no other side presented. She ended up taking cross hormones and then having a double mastectomy. Now she regrets it. She's worried about whether she, she knows she's a woman now and she would like to have children. Um, she's fearful that she will be infertile. And uh, she ended up having a you know, a body transforming double mastectomy, and she just regrets it. And uh, they've changed some of the rules in England on this now. But this Dr. Levine has said that most of the time she's not for surgery before 18, but she is for street kids. So she's for, for poor kids who don't have parents. Who You can imagine if you're a homeless 15-year-old, there's a lot going on that either your parents have been rotten parents or you have psychological problems or you might be schizophrenic or you might have other problems for the reason why you're homeless. But to take those people and prey upon them and say they don't really need consent and we're going to get the state to sort of approve their, their hormones. I mean, this, this is really grotesque that they would take a poor child and, uh, and you know, put their their infuse their beliefs and their extreme views on these on these children is just obscene um ran i know you have to run i i, I want to ask you um i i'm not sure if you're aware of what's going on with the world economic forum and the great reset but you're already seeing it happen in companies there is this merger if you will between government uh ngos and uh and corporations these public-private partnerships, and all based on uh, uh, what are called ESGs, uh, or, uh, yeah, uh, ESG, environmental, social, and governmental mandates. These big companies are are already adopting these things like the Equality Act and, and critical race theory, and they're jamming it down people's throats, and it's an end run around the Constitution. Let me, let me ask you, as a libertarian, 
we complain a lot as conservatives about big tech and what they're doing. But I believe, and I know you believe, private business should be able to do what they want to do. It's right in the free market. But when these companies are aligned so closely with uh, a party uh, and the government specifically, and they're doing an end run around the Constitution, what should we do? Don't use them. Don't buy their stuff. You know, look, Coca-Cola, you know, both my wife and I are incredibly upset with them right now. They came out with this woke thing about... You need to admit that you're white and you're a terrible person. You need to admit that you're aggressive, that you're opinionated, and that you will apologize for being white. And that's the most grotesque sort of racist thing I've ever heard. That is the World Economic Forum's ESGs. Yeah, and then you got Bill Gates out there promoting that uh, we need to have critical race theory in math. And there was a great professor from Vanderbilt, African-American woman, who said, you know, that's the most racist thing I've ever heard, that Bill Gates thinks my kids can't learn because of the color of their skin, and that we're going to dumb down math, and that showing your work or having too much emphasis on the correct answer is, is somehow racist. You know, that, that whole concept is racist, but that's the world we live in. You got Black Lives Matter extorting big corporations who are now paying for Black Lives Matter people to go riot in different cities. It's obscene. I, I know a guy who works for one of the big drug companies. He says, oh, yeah, they're, they're, if I give $100, my company will match $300 to Black Lives Matter. And I've seen them. The, the people were in the George Washington Hotel, in the Willard Hotel, $500 a night with plane tickets, all paid for by big corporations through Black Lives Matter to get people to riot in D.C. The people who almost killed my wife and I were mm-hmm. uh, paid for by big corporations. Big U.S. corporations paid their way there. So are, is, are there enough Republicans that are, are at least feeling some sort of uh, uh, responsibility to stand up for the Constitution and, uh, you know, it, and do something? I guess the, the danger is, is that you have to have some chutzpah. You got to have some guts, some courage to stand up because it is a culture out there where even by me, everybody's saying I made transphobic comments yesterday. All I did was ask was whether a minor can consent to this kind of dramatic surgery. Nothing I ever said was hateful. I said nothing hateful about these people. I said nothing hateful about adults who choose to do this. But the culture is out there that is so strong that so many people in office are afraid to speak out and it's getting worse. So there's a handful of us that will speak out in the Senate. There's a handful in the house and uh, we just have to grow our ranks, but we have to resist or the, it's just going to roll over us and we're going to live in this terrible cancel culture world where nobody speaks out and everybody's afraid to say anything. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, Rand, thank you for being one of those people who will stand up. Uh, we will help you in any way we possibly can. And that goes for anybody left or right that will stand against this, this nightmare that is happening. Thank you so much, Rand Paul. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Nicole Maliotakis is the congressperson, uh, brand new in the uh, in the House from New York. She joins us now to give us the details on the one point nine trillion dollar COVID-19 relief package. 
Nicole, how are you? Great, Glenn. Great, great to be with you. I appreciate you having me on to expose what's actually happening in this bill. Yeah, so I read I read uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, the media is, is spinning this, of course, as this is all going to help those states that are really in need and all those people that are really in need. I don't read it that way. Can you can you fill us in with the facts on what is in this bill? Sure. Well, well, first of all, I think what people need to understand is that there's a trillion dollars left over from the previous package. So Congress didn't take the time to really identify where the need is, where we could potentially be shifting resources and ensuring that we came out with something that was tailored and specific to the needs of struggling Americans and small businesses. Wait, 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 wait. I want to make sure I understand this. There's a trillion dollars in, you know, some fictitious bank account that they've already approved that hasn't been sent out? That is correct. So, uh, and that's education spending to reopen schools. Some of it is PPP money for small businesses. Oh my. Um, so, so, so and the interesting thing enough with the education funding is that the CDC said it would cost $25 billion to reopen schools safely across America. Yet they put $64 billion in the previous package with the majority of it unspent. And as you know, many schools, including those in my city, uh, remain closed. And on top of that, they want to put another $130 billion in this package with 95% of that funding not being able to be spent until after the after this year so, so, is over. So wait, the estimate is that to reopen schools, it would cost $25 billion, but between the unspent money in the last bill and the new bill, they are sending our schools $200 billion? That, that is correct. And so what I say is only under a mismanaged government or when, when Democrats are in control, do things end up costing eight times as much as originally estimated. So, so what exactly is the, what, what do they say? How, what is the response on $200 million for schools? Well, there's been no response. As a matter of fact, uh, they keep insisting that this is for uh, reopening America's schools. We know that's not the case, number one, because uh, the estimates were uh, an eighth of the of what they're putting into this fund. The second thing is that um, the money is restricted to be used for over a year. So it's not emergency funding unless they anticipate that they're not going to reopen schools for an, a whole other year. Um, so to give you an example, in New York State, my state, uh, Governor Cuomo did receive $4 billion for school, yet many of our schools remain closed throughout right. the state. I mean, we just reopened middle schools in New York City. And as you know, the school's chancellor just resigned about an hour ago. Uh, and it's because I believe really because he hasn't been able to successfully roll out the opening of these schools and like the Catholic schools have in our city. Yeah. May I just recommend uh, for anybody who is struggling to figure out how to open schools, the first thing you have to do is um, teachers, you're to report back to class on Monday. If not, you're fired. That would be the first thing to do to open up schools. Uh, Maybe it's just me. Um, You also in this bill uh, are are uh, we are we are finding now. Uh, that there is a, a $86 billion uh, of our tax dollars to rescue union pension funds. 
Yeah, that, I mean, look, that, that's in there. There's a lot in there, which is why we call it the Pelosi payoff bill, not the actual COVID relief bill. So it's not just, uh, you know, the bailout for pensions, but you actually have a $3.5 billion going overseas internationally for the global a health fund for AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria, you know, good cause. But the thing is, why is the, Amer- why are the American people picking up 88% of the tab for this international organization's expenditures? Because that's what $3.5 billion equates to. And this is at a time when even our diplomats overseas haven't even had access to the vaccine. And the other thing, to show you how bloated this package is, less than 1% goes to vaccine production and distribution. And you ask any Democrat or Republican, local leader or national leader, and they will tell you that the vaccine development and distribution is the number one thing to getting us back on track. So the fact that it's only equating for less than 1%, and I had to use Siri, by the way, to, to figure that out because... Uh, you know, calculators and go up to one trillion to one point nine trillion dollars. But uh, when you calculate it using uh, Siri or Alexa, you'll find out that's point uh, something like point seven percent of the entire package is going to what is said to be the number one priority. That that is how bloated the, this bill is. Nicole, is there? I mean, you're new to Congress, so let me ask you: Are, are you? Is it worse than you thought it would be, or? better or about what you expected? Well, unfortunately, it's, you know, it's a very polarizing and uh, my first month wasn't great. It was a very polarizing uh, first month. I'm, I'm, you know, the fact that we lost the Senate was not helpful because there's no balance anymore. Uh, they changed the rules in this procedure. So that way they don't even need uh, any Republican votes. They, they changed it from the 60 vote requirement. Uh, they changed it to 51 votes using uh, what's called a budget reconciliation. Uh, and so, you know, they've basically shut us out of this process. And now we know why, because they wanted to jam all this pork into this bill. Uh, and, and, and as a New Yorker, I can say, look, of course, I want my city and state to have money, but I also want accountability. And I don't trust this mayor or this governor. Uh, I believe that they'll take the federal funds and they still will increase the, the taxes that are driving New Yorkers out. Uh, they're already talking about imposing higher income taxes and stock transfer tax. Uh, mayor de Blasio increases the property tax levy every single year. They just increase tolls on our roadways. Um, and so they're taking the money and they're still going to take from the people. And what's interesting about the way the Democrats set up this formula is that they changed it based on population to now based on unemployment rate. So governors like Governor Cuomo and Gavin Newsom are actually being rewarded for shutting down their economies and driving people out of work. So it's very disheartening to see how this is playing out. But I was a member of the New York State Legislature, also in the minority. And so I'm kind of used to these types of games being played. Um, But I'm hopeful that we'll be able to actually work together in a bipartisan fashion on some things like the president said he wanted to do, even though he hasn't tried yet. So I, uh, I was just talking to Bill O'Reilly, and he said what was happening in the New York House uh, and Assembly was that um, the Democrats are going after Cuomo, not because of any of the scandals, but because he's not radical enough. Do you believe that's true? Or is, is, is the de- are the Democrats in New York waking up to Cuomo? No, I I think the Democrats in New York um, are getting a lot of pressure from their constituents who are demanding answers and families who are demanding justice. 
Uh, the governor made uh, a bad mistake by implementing this uh, order that mandated the nursing homes accept COVID positive patients. Then he underreported it uh, to the public, the number of deaths that mm-hmm. were as a result of that. Uh, and then he stonewalled the legislature uh, when they try to get answers. Uh, and then his own chief of staff admitted that they were covering up the whole thing simply because they didn't want the Department of Justice to gain access to this information. Uh, then he bullied one of the Democratic sing- Assembly members who stood up to him because his uncle died in a nursing home. So I think they're getting very tired of the governor's antics. Uh, thousands of New Yorkers have actually joined me in, in adding their name at, at, at enoughcuomo.com to send a message that they want the governor to resign. Uh, and, and this has only been exacerbated now by the fact that uh, a young woman who is part of his administration has come forward with sexual harassment claims. Um, so I think the Democrats really are starting to get tired of the governor. Uh, you know, he's been in governor for three year, three terms. He does use uh, bullying tactics to get what he wants. Uh, he is vindictive. Uh, and I think that he's outdoing his welcome, both with uh, the other Democrats in the state, but also with the people, which is why his poll numbers have just been dropped so so much over the last month. So with him and uh, de Blasio are and I, I would love to know this in California as well, but you, you are from New York, so you might have a good handle on New York. Um, with Cuomo and de Blasio, the wreckage that has been done uh, with these policies, especially because of covid, um, are, are people just wanting to get rid of them or are they tying them also to the policies that are so damaging? Well, I, I, they are they are tying them to their policies because they're the ones who put forward these arbitrary restrictions, uh, these mandated shutdowns that have hurt our local economy, that have led to thousands of people losing their jobs, um, that have uh, put small businesses, people's livelihoods uh, out. And, um, you know, schools, the parents, teachers and, and students that I speak to want to go back to school. And that is very upsetting. Uh, children don't have school athletics anymore, which is another big issue. Uh, and there's not a lot of a lot of these restrictions that they put in place lacked common sense. Like you can go to the gym, but you can't go to the yoga studio. You know, you can you can you can ice skate and, and you know you can go to an ice skating pavilion and skate, but you can't have hockey leagues. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and so there's a lot of frustration. And New York City were being treated differently than the rest of the state. The rest of the state is at 50% capacity for indoor dining. Uh, New York City was shut down for so long, and finally we got 25%. I kept pushing. We got more now at 35%, inching up toward 50. But why are we being treated differently than the rest of the state? So people are upset about this. They see that the governor and the mayor had way too much power, and you know the governor's power needs to be rescinded. I've said that. Uh, you know, repeatedly, I've been saying that for months, and the Democrats keep dragging their feet. But they finally have to go and do it and take back their power as a co- equal branch of government and, and work to just reopen this economy and get children back to school and get people back to work. I, ha- I have to tell you, I think uh, between uh, what companies are have discovered with Zoom and, and virtual work, et cetera, et cetera, and the absolute devastation that has been done to manhattan and and your district in southern uh brooklyn and staten island i don't and i i know you won't agree with this i'm sure um but i don't see new york city ever recovering to the the uh the city that it once was at least for a decade um 
how 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 are you how is that area going to pay for all of the services that it needs and have promised when everybody's moving away companies are shutting down you're absolutely um right about the policies that have been put in place that are driving people out I do have hope that New York City uh, will recover, that uh, we do have a mayor's race, and I'm hoping that somebody uh, who will be, uh, you know, really, really try to roll back some of this stuff that the mayor did. I mean, look, whether it be defunding the police, which was a completely ridiculous idea, has led to crime skyrocketing. Uh, we, we have a lot of mismanagement, a lot of mismanagement of our tax dollars, which is why I'm so yeah. concerned with billions more coming to New York. Um, but I do believe that um, it's up to the people. The people have to be vocal. They have to complain. You know, I ran for mayor of New York City in 2017. Um, I think we'd be in a better position had I won that election. Um, unfortunately, this mayor spends more and more money and the problems get worse and worse. So uh, that is the you know, definition of mismanagement. Um, I think there's a lot of things we could be doing differently to tackle our homeless crisis to make sure our streets are safer, to make sure that our trains are running, to make sure that our children are getting a good education in person. Um, You know, these are things that I think, uh, unfortunately, government has just strayed from the basics of what they're supposed to be doing, right? People expect you to keep them safe, give their kids a good education, make sure traffic is flowing, the trains are running on time, uh, making sure that there's an environment where jobs can grow. And unfortunately, they've strayed into all sorts of areas. They got to get back to the basics. And that's what I'm going to be pushing for uh, and speaking out for both here in Washington and when I'm back home in New York City. Thank you so much. Uh, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis uh, from New York. Uh, thanks for checking in with us. I appreciate it. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Friday. I want to tell you about the podcast that comes out tomorrow with Tulsi Gabbard. It is really fascinating. It really is. Yeah, it is fascinating. But I, I think it's important that we we cover something that you oh, just said. And Why do you have well, you this? Get to, you, sometimes you say these things and they're so profound in the moment. You are such a jerk. And what are we you? lose them because of just, you know, you, you're so rapid fire with Here, so many great moments. And comes. then we miss mm-hmm. a, a gem. And I think the audience may have may have missed a gem just a few moments ago. And I, I think the audience wants to settle in, clear your mind. What do and, you have? And just contemplate this brilliant analysis by glenn beck sausages desserts really yummy cut with a spoon style forks you'll save 50 <laughs> what, e- what exactly is Shut up. a cut the spoon like a spoon style fork, fork. No. i know <laughs> you know what that is the copy says cut with a fork but the actual term for for steaks is cut with a spoon and there's only i I was, I just, so, wait, I was thinking for so it's a cutting... spoon, not fork, and I forgot mm. about the word steak. Right. No, and it's an Omaha steak commercial, oh, so why would you remember the, like the word it. steak? But so are you, I just want to clarify here. Shut up. Are you cutting? <laughs> Shut up. Are you cutting the fork with a spoon? Yes. I, Can we hear it one more time? I'm sorry, no, Sarah. There's yeah, I just no wanna... reason to cut with a spoon style fork. Okay. So is it a. F- is it a fork that cuts like a spoon? <laughs> just, or just, are you cutting? You know, you you did nothing. Let me just 
Yeah, that, there's a reason they gave that to you in 2020. Yeah, I'm just Your holding up the Hall of Fame award. Radio uh, Hall of Fame member. Bring Glenn yours Beck. out onto the table. Would you, would you bring that one out? Uh, hold on. Let me press this button. Maybe it'll come out. with a spoon-style fork. <laughs> ah, was that part of your acceptance speech? <laughs> Did you cut a spoon with you a fork such a on jerk. stage? Look. I don't know how I got this job. I don't know how I keep this job. I really don't. I, I listen either. to other shows. Yeah. I know how talented everybody else is. I listen and I'm like, they don't make any mistakes. They don't say, ever. <laughs> <laughs> they would never say, they'd never say this. Cut with a spoon style fork. <laughs> I know that. I listen. I don't know how they do that. <laughs> I know I must have had pictures of somebody that I never took, nor did I know I have there. You know, I bought something and it was in like a pocket of some used jacket or something. And it was like, he's got that jacket. You should put him on the air. Otherwise, he's going to use it. I don't know what was in the jacket. I don't even know what jacket it was. <laughs> I just don't understand why you would need a spoon style <laughs> fork. Shut it's, up. It just use a shut, fork or a shut up. Why would you style your fork <laughs> after right. a spoon? All right. They're two different utensils. <sighs> Se separate your cutlery is all we're trying to say here. <laughs> such a jerk. <laughs> Wait, what's <sighs> that? What is that award again? Radio Hall of Fame. Wow. I mean, that's a what again, an amazing achievement. Again. For you. I had pictures of somebody in a jacket I don't own. I, <laughs> here's, the th here's the thing. Uh, could we go back to the show, please? Cut with a spoon style <laughs> forks. You'll did you talk to Tulsi you know Gabbard I, about I, the spoon-styled forks? You know what's so weird? Mm -hmm. I am more comfortable with this than if you were actually heaping praise on me. If you were yeah, saying, oh yeah, you know, no. you're a great... I would rather have you point this out. That's how sad my life is. Surprisingly enough, I'm more comfortable with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, though. Okay. You feel awkward when... When people say positive things, which about is you. really nice yeah. because it doesn't happen, it, uh, yeah, at I'm, least yeah. very often. I've removed myself from that yeah. position consistently throughout my entire life. <laughs> well, here's the great thing: you're standing in my shadow for just the last 25 years. I know. So what does that say? What does that say? What does that say about yeah, me? No, it's, it's true. Sad. It's depressing when I think about it. So I try to drink right. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't drink anymore, so mm. think how I feel. Na, na, na.